0: What's up, YouTube and Instagram? This is Greg coming back at you guys today. I want to talk to you guys about imprecatory prayer. I'm going to answer the question of what is imprecatory prayer and should we be praying imprecatory prayers today? So without further ado, I'm going to answer it very simply and then unpack it. Number one, imprecatory prayers are judgment prayers. Today, uh, we are very accustomed to hearing people pray for the salvation of others, which is certainly biblical, and it certainly is the case, and we should pray for the salvation of others. We see examples of this in Romans chapter 10 um, and Romans chapter 9, where Paul says he has unceasing anguish and continual sorrow for his own people, and his uh, prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. So, that certainly... Is a biblical thing to do. Is to pray for the salvation of others. That is to say. That we pray for them to come to Christ. And come to the saving knowledge. That they may obtain eternal life. However we live in a real world. And in this real world. Some people really don't get saved. Unless you're a Calvinist. Which I'm not a Calvinist. And Calvinists are deterministic. And uh, the way that they think. Is that God determines. Who is to be saved. And who is to be damned. Um, However. Uh, People like myself do not purport that. I I believe that people have a free will. People can freely choose God, and people can freely reject God. In a world where there is free will, our prayers, God responds to our prayers, and can influence their will. Uh, But ultimately, they can choose to reject God, and not uh, will for themselves to be saved. And they, as a consequence, uh, turn out to become damned. Um, so in this real world, we have very real people who actually don't uh, obtain salvation, and uh, some of these people are more dangerous than others, and some of these people are just sinners that mind their own business, and there are sinners who are Antichrist, and it is their agenda and mission to stomp out the church and to oppress. Um, all people, or to oppress certain people groups, and they are highly dangerous, and sometimes they get in the way of the church, and sometimes they get in the way of of uh, God's mission, and sometimes they get in the way of, of God's agenda, and as a consequence of their choices, they end up harming numerous amounts of people, either through false doctrine or through uh, legislating unrighteousness, through uh, totalitarianism, through famine, through uh, gang violence, through exploitation, through sex trafficking, and you can name a myriad of things that they do that end up harming the masses in an astronomical way. So, after having answered the question of what uh, judge uh, imprecatory prayers are, and they are prayers for the judgment of God to come down, ad- come upon certain organizations, people, institutions, uh, movements. <clears throat> and there's various ways that you can pray about how God's judgment might come upon them. And I will, and that is actually a third question I, I seek to answer. And the third question is, um, in what ways can we pray? Imprecatory prayers what 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 is the nature and what are the various kinds of imprecatory prayers we can pray and I will Get to that at the end, but the second question that I'm seeking to answer at this point is um, Can we pray them and my short answer is yes now to justify that and to back it up scripturally um, I, I, I Desire to go to a number of passages, okay, so Um, First of all, I I want to turn uh, to Psalm 141. And David says, Keep me safe from the traps set by evildoers, from the snares they have laid for me. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by in safety. So here, David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, because this certainly isn't his flesh. uh, This is God inspiring him to pray. And uh, he prays in verse 10 in the 141 uh, Psalm, uh, let the wicked fall into their own nets. And so this is an example of an imprecatory prayer, praying down the judgment of God. Now, uh, is it okay? Well, we see one example of this, and there's actually a number, there's various passages all throughout the book of Psalms that gives us warrant to uh, believe that this is, in fact, a biblical thing. Now, some might, um, at this point, say, uh, that is just Old Testament. Uh, We have no biblical basis to pray uh, imprecatory prayers in the New Testament, considering the fact that Jesus says, pray for your enemies. Now, I want to say this parenthetically. Um, I think it could be, I think the case can be made that there are certain persons who are your enemies, but not necessarily the enemies of God. the now i'm not here to i'm not prepared uh to defend that here uh that i think would be would require another video but uh nonetheless i think the case could perhaps be made and if that is in fact the case it turns out that there are people who are your enemies perhaps not on the account of righteousness perhaps not on the account of of you being or standing for christ but perhaps because of an altercation Uh, Maybe you got in the flesh one day and these people aren't particularly your most pleasant neighbors and maybe they popped your tires or uh, maybe they egged your house or uh, maybe they just give you ugly looks and maybe they've even keyed your car. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm just throwing out examples out there. Uh, and, And they turn out to be your enemies. They're not your friends. They're not your wife. They're not your husband. They're not the church. They're your enemies. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean that they're enemies of God that doesn't necessarily they're out to extinguish the church that doesn't necessarily mean they're out to Massacre the people of God and bring uh, the the uh, church militant uh, the Church of Jesus Christ to an end and so I would Like to make a delineation to say that there are certain people that are the enemies of God and there are certain people that are your enemies and uh, We certainly are to love all people but love God is love, and God also brought judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. God also brought judgment upon the, uh, those in the days of Noah. But nonetheless, God is love. So I don't think this is mutually exclusive to say that um, to pray for judgment is an unloving thing. Because ultimately our love is for God. Our love is for the innocent, the oppressed. And it is a cruelty to not expect for there to be a change. Or there would be a cruelty for uh, justice to not go forth. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Okay, so, um, now, it is also a New Testament practice. We see in Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus spoke a parable to them unto this end that men ought always to pray. And in the parable, he gives the example of the importunate widow who continues to go to the unjust judge. And um, the theme is importunity in prayer. But the context is prayer for judgment. The Bible says that she had gone to the unjust judge asking for uh, the judge to avenge her of her adversary. Now, contextually speaking, Jesus is, all, is instructing his apostles to pray in such a fashion that would suggest uh, justice for the elect of God who cried to him day and night. And it says, God will see to that he avenge his elect. He, he, he will see to that he gives justice upon those who, who are persecuting the elect. And he will do it speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes to the earth, shall he find faith. And I believe it's First or Second Thessalonians. The Bible says it is a just thing uh, for God to afflict those who are afflicting you. He will afflict our enemies and give us relief at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Okay, so uh, there's also the bo- uh, in the Book of Revelation where the prayers of the saints are ascending to the throne of God as as incense, and the angel takes the incense and the bowls and pours out uh, plagues and and I believe uh, plagues uh, upon the earth. And uh, this represents God's judgment, but God's judgment is in response to, to the prayers of the people. In addition, you have the souls of the blood of the saints crying out, "How long, O oh God, will you avenge us of our enemies?" In the case of uh, the Apostle Paul, he prays, uh, he he uh, he administers uh, a curse against uh, the sorcerer who was blinding the proconsul in the Book of Acts. And uh, a blindness came upon him for three days or upon upon him for a season, if I'm not mistaken. And so these are New Testament examples where the Apostle Paul didn't bless him. The Apostle Paul cursed him. And the curse uh, had come as a result of the judgment that was upon him. Uh, We can say uh, Paul activated that judgment, so to speak. The judgment was there, but he and he activated it, if you will, by his declaration of of, of uh, the pronounce the pronouncement that he made against this man, and so, with that said, I believe that there is sufficient biblical evidence to suggest that we should be praying, um, perhaps not all the time. But at least some of the time, be praying for judgment upon our enemies, prayer, uh, judgment upon those that are in government that are executing unrighteousness and and oppression and a uh, wickedness and are uh, oppressing the masses and are seeing to it that the Church of Jesus Christ be uh, utterly obliterated. Um, it, it it warrants uh, it behooves us to pray these uh, sort of prayers. And now, uh, the the last question I was. A desire to answer and it, it is in what ways can we pray for the judgment of God uh, to come to our enemies we see in first or second Samuel if I'm not mistaken David uh, prays to the Lord he weeps on the Mount of Olives and says oh Lord throw the counsel of Ahitophel into confusion uh, the Bible talks about uh, in the book of Psalms praying that uh, the nations would be brought into terror uh, there are examples where uh, the psalmist prays that uh, the wicked fall into their own snares. Uh, there are examples of uh, the psalmist praying that uh, judgment would come upon their heads and they would be recompensed for their deeds. In fact, that's another example in the book of, um, I think, First or Second Timothy. Paul, he makes a declaration. It isn't in a form of a supplication, but is a declaration. He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me a great harm. The Lord repay him according to his deeds. Now, that is a declaratory uh, prayer. Um, That is to say, a prayer that is in the form of a declaration. Um, So, uh, there might be some examples that I'm missing out. Um, But, let me close on this. Um, I understand that intuitively some of us They're more on the kind side might find it a bit difficult for us to pray these ways. However, uh, if we are to be people of justice, if we are to be people who are to seek for the justice and the liberation and the freedom of the oppressed, then it behooves us to pray that righteousness goes forth from the throne and that wicked rulers be uh, deposed and to be dethroned and uh, for judgment to come upon uh, examples like the uh, porn industry or... The abortion uh, clinics That judgment and fire would come upon those altars And that the wicked would be recompensed for their deeds The reprobate and the unrepentant would uh, receive justice speedily And um, and so with that said um, Our objective is to honor God and to obey the scriptures And if the scriptures give an abundance of examples uh, To of prayers, examples of prayers that are imprecatory prayers, then Uh, despite whatever modern mainstream Christendom uh, Christianity tells us to do or say or think, it it matters not. It matters what the scriptures say. And so with that said, um, God bless you. I hope this uh, video uh, is a video you found informative. Share it. Give it a like. And last thing I want to say, if you ever feel led to give to this ministry, I have a cash app um, and PayPal um, and uh, the, totally if, if you feel led, uh, obviously. Um, you feel more than welcome to do so. That'd be great. Uh, it helps this ministry. And so with that said, God bless you all.